not that cricket. work that's being done at the moment although if you're listening to that in the background nobody's cutting the grass like that or <laughs> somebody's cutting up the trees um, but it looks it look the surface is looking all right isn't it yeah it does it looks like a really really good budding surface and then uh, I'm surprised with all the moisture that's been around the ground stuff here have been very very good about keeping it quite dry so I think it's gonna look like it's gonna be a very very good budding surface I think it's also going to be it's going to be with the overhead conditions. It's going to be difficult morning. So, still, but I still think both sides are going to think uh, if you can survive that difficult morning, there's a lot of runs you could probably bat into late on day two if you can get through the first session without losing too many wickets. I think both sides are probably going to look to bat first on this wicket. And historically, this pitch is not one that you want to bat second, is it? Like it's a difficult, especially when like getting to day four. A, a day four, day five, and you chasing, it becomes a very difficult surface to play on. Yeah, because, you know, I think generally it seems to start to take three, um, take turn on about day three, end of day three. So uh, by the time you get into the fourth day, the fifth day, there's probably quite a lot of turn out there. And you don't really want to be needing to chase a, a substantial score in those sort of conditions. So generally, I think it's probably best to bat first and hopefully get a good first inning score somewhere close upwards of three, 300, 350 and then um, hopefully try and get a first innings lead so you bowl your opponents out for under 350 under whatever score that you've made then help have your opponents chase in the most difficult conditions I think in the last innings I know I'd, well, I don't want to be facing tomorrow, tomorrow morning first off Alzari Joseph he's just looking peach and he just looks like a, like he's ready to, to, to bite um, you know, the interesting thing about the West Indies as a unit for me is their, their last test tour was probably one of the most difficult tours in the world to Australia where they lost that Series 3-0. Um, and I think they're probably chomping at the bit and thinking to themselves, well, you know, let's try and get a good start to this year um, and really, really give it to Zimbabwe. And I think they're also aware of the fact that there's a, a couple of big names that have uh, been playing for Zimbabwe in the recent past aren't available. Ryan Bill's not available. Skandaraz is not available. Although to be fair, um, Ryan Bill hasn't really played the much red, red ball cricket. Well, that's right, but but you know what it is? Is he's he's he's, he's turned himself into a recognisable name. So um, you know, I think they're they're aware of the fact that he's uh, more than useful as a leg spinner, even in four day, five day cricket. Um, and then his blessings that a bunny's a big hit. Um, no, he's missing. And um, Sean Williams is another one that's missing. So they know that they've they've got a slightly de a depleted side, and you want to try and make sure you leave uh, Zimbabwe with two 0 win. But what you got to be careful about that is when Bangladesh came uh, for the uh, white ball cricket, Zimbabwe were depleted, had six players out or something like that, and they turned up. So. You, you want to be careful about thinking, getting a bit too confident when it comes to that. And, and you know, the other thing is it's really, really dangerous because we saw some of the, the results that they got in their warm-up matches. It, if, if that's Zimbabwe A-side looks, they look brittle against quick bowling. 
you can be quite um, overconfident coming into this test match. But I think what's key is ultimately is going to be whoever your top three batters are. Okay, they've got to survive. Two of them have got to try and survive the first session. Okay, so let's actually go through the side because uh, uh, balance, uh, Gary Balance, Chamunor Rajibaba, Tanaka Shivanga, Craig Irvin, who's captaining, uh, Bradley Evans, uh, Joe Lord Gumbi, Innocent Kaia, Tanunu Ramakoni, uh, Wellington Masakaza, Kudzae Maunze, Brandon Mavuta, Ngar- uh, Richard Ngarawa, Victor Nyawuchi, uh, Milton Shumba, Donald Tiripano, and Tafazo Tsiga. Four uncapped players there that have been uh, picked up for that side. Uh, Tafazo Tsiga, Joel Gumbi, Kuzai Maunze, and Tanunu Ramakoni. Yeah, and, and what it is is uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of those guys deserve to be here. They've had really solid performances in um, Logan Cup. A lot of runs being made by all of those uh, batters. Uh, and they're all batters. And, and, and I think that's uh, a, a good sign. Tanaka Chivanga hasn't got a test cap yet. Ah, um, uh, he does. Yeah, well, he's got one test, I think. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two te- oh, yeah. Okay, and so, yeah, that, I think that yeah, it's, it's a sign that uh, your batting is probably the problem. Because I think the on balance, when you look at the West Indian side and the Zimbabwean side, I think the key there's going to be experience. I think the West Indian unit as a whole are a little bit more experienced Zimbabwean unit that's out there at the moment um, and I think so it's very very important that uh, Gary Balance on debut uh, but he's not really a debut time because he's really played quite a lot of test cricket played a lot of uh, high quality first class cricket as well so it's important that he actually has to make a really really solid start to his career for Zimbabwe and this is a format that he's best suited for isn't it I think so I mean like uh, we, you and I had a conversation during the uh, one day international that uh, Ireland won um, no, I, it was no the one day international the second one yes yes, we yes. Had con- and I said to, he looks like a man in real control of his game really mm. understands what he's capable of and um, doesn't really do more than he you know than he's it's very very difficult to force him to do play outside his game and I think the five day format is more suitable for him because he doesn't have to doesn't have to deal with issues like scoreboard pressure uh-huh. generally he won't have to deal with uh, you know like uh, there's other issues that exist in white ball cricket that just don't exist in, in test cricket it's like that pressure to score quickly um, it's never going to be a factor for most of that uh, test match only a factor towards the end of the of probably day five you know what I mean so I think if, you're, if you're chasing yeah and so I think that uh, it's it, it suits his natural um, tendencies a lot more um, and then I'm also excited to see, I hope I see Innocent Kaye in that top uh, order. Um, because for me, he's uh, shown a lot of real promise. He's not a young cricketer. He's, in his, he's just re- got into his 30s. He's turned 30, actually. But uh, what he is, is uh, every time I see him, he's doing something in cricket. So that's a sign that he really, really wants it. And um, the only way to show that you really, really want it is walk out there and do what is required to survive that first session and then get in and get a big score for yourself because if you survive the first session you've done for the team okay but then once you've done for the team it's just that ability to be selfish enough to actually really really put together a really really big score that for six seven or eight hours there's been a renaissance uh for chamano rajibaba do you pick him for this match oh and i would and again it's the thinness of that zimbabwe batting and chamano has uh, already got experience in this format so uh I, I can't see a reason to give somebody a debut 
when Chamu's been in the form that he's been in. And uh, we saw him get, I think, a 30 and a 40 in the series that just ended, ended against uh, Ireland. And they were good knocks. They weren't, uh, there wasn't really real trouble there. What he didn't do was convert some of those scores into something much bigger. Um, but I think this is, uh, if I was to go with my top four, he would be in it. Top four, do you put Joy Lord in there? Uh, Kaya opening, obviously. So for me, the, the interesting thing is we need a wicketkeeper batsman. Um, so for me, it'll be, obviously, it's, it's going to be the two. It's going to be Tsiga or Gumbi with the, keep, with the keeper's gloves. Um, and an interesting fact is I've seen sides like England play two wicketkeeper batsmen in test matches, one with the gloves and one who plays as a, strictly as a batter. Mm. Um, I think there might be precedent, precedent for that in this test match because the numbers that um, Tsiga and Jolot Gumbi have put on in Logan Cup this year. But um, Kozama wants it, you're not picking him for opening? Uh, no, I think it, my openers would be probably be Ensign Kaya and... Um, Jolot has been playing as an opener in red ball cricket. But yeah. if, if then he's got to keep wicket, then you you need to push him down the order. Because yeah, so that's 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 the issue. But I think, for me, my openers would be Balance and Kaya, and then Craig Irvin at three, and then Chamuchibaba at four. That would be the way I would constitute the top four. Um, and I don't think you want a debutante uh, with a little less experience than Innocent Kaya does. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't want two debutantes in your top opening value for you. Just so at, at five for you, putting, you're putting Milton Shuba maybe? Probably Milton Shuba. The question then becomes, you know, um, Graham Cream used to do it. The guy who was able to bowl 15 overs in a row. Uh, you don't have Sean Williams. You don't have Sikanda Raza um, in this particular match. Who are you going to look to to be that guy who can go for a long spell now? So for me, that uh, has to be Wellington Masakata, okay, um, or Brandon Muffet. It has to be one of those two, mm. or both of them, because it is a good batting surface. But I think it's going to start to deteriorate around about day three, unless the weather plays really, really dramatic, changes really dramatically, and we have rain that perhaps washes out a whole day um, and, and, and um, takes away the wear that play puts on that wicket um, out of the equation. And I think that uh, there, it might be an idea to play both of them, okay, as your, because you, you're, you're going to need to pick four frontline bowlers, aren't you? So you pick both of them. I would know, that I would assume that Richard Ngarao has a shoe in to, to open the bowling. He's going to need a partner um, out of those three. It's going to be probably between the threes, Nyawuchi, Evans, or Tanakachiwa. And who are you putting there? Nyawuchi? Um, on recent form, I think Victor Nyawuchi. Because, um, again, it's the, the, the whole concept that Victor Nyawuchi has been playing international cricket recently. And Tanakachiwa has been out of it for a while. He's done well in Logan Cup, which should be rewarded. But I think when you've got too many... I suppose fractures in your side, too many things to fix to look after. I don't think you want to really again be giving another guy, um, you know, another go in international cricket. But then the other side of it all is that it's like a different format. Yeah. So, 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 and wouldn't you rather pick a guy who has been most recently playing the red ball format as opposed to someone who's been playing white ball cricket? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's either or. Um, 
and it's a valid point but uh, as I said I think it's just the, um, the, the, the 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 thing is this is that I think the intensity of white ball cricket is closer to the intensity you're gonna encounter in, a, in, in at this level in a, in a test match I think I, I think there's a much larger jump from first-class you know, cricket playing Logan Cup to playing in a test match than there is from playing 50 overs cricket and bowling quite well at 50 overs cricket and then making that adjustment to play test cricket. I think um, I think Victor Nyawuchi's adjustment is going to be a little bit smaller than uh, Tanaka Churanga. And I think that would be a really, really tough call because Tanaka Churanga has bowled well in recent past. But I think uh, that would be the call that I would make. But then the other side is that you want to have someone like Tanaka Churanga who's got searing genuine pace playing uh, against the West Indies because a lot of the other bowlers are your, gen are your you know, gentle 120s, 130s and Tanaka Churanga is able to get to 145. No, that's, that's, that's true. Um, but again, as I say, um, it's, it, for me it's just about um, making decisions with less than ideal tools. I think if you had uh, your full batting lineup so that you knew that uh, you don't need to pick an additional spinner because Sean Williams is playing. So you could go and pick probably Brandon Mavuta. It would be my number one pick for a spinner. Okay. Because Sean Williams is also a left arm spinner. Then the question is if you're batting is the weak point of now. Mm. Can you get can you afford to have an extra spinner primarily based on the fact that um, You've now, your tail is just going to get longer now. No, well, see, the interesting thing is, you've also we haven't looked at another person who's in that squad is Donald Tidipan. Okay, he played a lot of his test cricket as an all rounder, he got picked as an all rounder. Um, so you could actually generally bat at around about eight, could go a little bit higher in these circumstances, maybe bat seven, get one of Jolot Gumbi or Tsiga, because Tsiga gets the nod because you're looking for a middle order batter and Ziga plays his uh, red ball cricket, first class cricket, lower down the order, where Jula Gumbi generally plays up at the top of the order. So I think that would be the, the maybe the uh, the other option that's available. But I think it's going to be a very, very difficult squad to actually select. What, so you win the toss, what do you say as a captain? I'd bat, I'd bat. Uh, because uh, I think you get into less difficulties. If you can negotiate the first hour of play, I think there's less difficulties batting through day one. But if you end up having a situation where you've got to actually allow the West Indies to get in on a, on a, on a good surface with uh, less than your ideal bowling attack, and you let them get in on a good surface, um, and then you have let them get to around about 500 and you have to suddenly chase towards the end of this match, I think it's going to be more in West Indies' favour. If you have to bat second on this, uh, on, this, on this wicket. And now for the elephant in the room. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. My thoughts on Sikandar Raza and uh, Ryan Burl being allowed to go and play uh, franchise cricket when you're playing your first test in 18 months. Uh, I, I think that I understand the argument these guys need to go and make money and stuff like that, but. Uh, if you're a fan who's coming to watch your cricket, um, your Sikandar Raza and them are, especially Sikandar Raza, is a draw card. It's a reason people pitch up uh, to come and watch uh, watch cricket, and uh, he's now entertaining crowds in the UAE. And then the other <laughs> side of it is, if 
that is the case, does it not set a bad precedent, in my opinion, uh, for future players who say, you know what, um, I, I want to go and play franchise cricket. And I, I don't know what the deal is, what they agreed on. And some people could, I mean, look, it gives an opportunity, in my opinion, for one of the younger players to come in and play and also to expand the size of, 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 of the team, um, much the same way that Bangladesh, during the Bangladesh tour, you, got, you had a lot more people play, playing that would normally get, not get a chance if the, if the big guns at their hand. A lot of these big guns are getting long in their teeth, um, late 30s, so very soon they'll be retiring from international cricket. What's your opinion of that? I think it's a really, really difficult uh, position that uh, Zimbabwe cricket and other governing bodies have been put in. Because generally, I think, if you look at... I looked, I saw something earlier that um, the best-paid Australian cricketer during the West Indies series was Pat Cummins on $1.5 million. Something like that for his whole year as an Australian cricketer. And if you go to a couple of those franchise uh, leagues, you can make exactly that thing for about six weeks' work. Um, and, and so very few um, governing bodies are able to compete with the, those sort of numbers. My personal opinion is the most reasonable thing is to actually have a situation where you allow your players to go and play there. Okay, willingly let them go and play there. As opposed to a player saying, well, you know what, you can't compete with what I'm being paid there and I'm going, and you fight with your players. Um, if I remember historically, that was the problem that the West Indies did, is that they wouldn't let, wouldn't select players who went and played franchise cricket. And then those players went and played franchise cricket anyway. All right, and I think you might have been better off if you had a situation where they were agreed to be available for certain cricket, as often as possible, as often as those franchise leagues will let them. Um, and, and, and you try and find something that helps, that works for everybody, as opposed to setting um, I, I suppose really, really extreme, really hard rules um, are difficult to enforce. To but, say that, but, then, you know, like that's but, but what I'm asking, mm. I guess, in the long run, if you suddenly have five players getting contracts as Zimbabwe continues to improve, are you going to let five players leave your squad in January or February when these leagues are on and you have tours that happen? Because a lot of tours for Zimbabwe do happen in that period. You, you're setting yourself for, a, for an invidious situation because another player would be like, why is he allowed to go and I'm not? And that sort of thing. And also then, does it not devalue your national team product? That if your players are not available for national team commitment for most of the time because they're not... Certainly in the case of Raza, was in, um, since the World Cup he's been playing some form of franchise cricket or not and just came for three ODIs, two or two got played, but he was available three ODIs. But, but the rest of the international calendar so far is not available. This is not a criticism of a criticism of Raza. He's done a lot for Zimbabwe cricket. So it's, it's not a criticism of him. It's not me singling him out. Mm. And I do agree with you, the necessity to make money and you can't compete with that, with that sort of money. But it does leave that loophole, that situation that how do you deal with, deal with such situations in the future? I think, yeah, as I said, I, I, I disagree with hard and fast rules. I'm not talking about hard and fast no, rules. No, I know. But, Let me finish. But um, if you're talking about your, your highest form of the game, which is test cricket, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. and, and your star players are not available. Mm. There's some injured, yes, but if your star players cannot be available for test cricket, someone would argue that the 
the Ireland series may have been meaningless in terms of the the long game. Maybe the ODI series because it's an ODI here, but generally the t- tests are more meaningful than the, 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 than the white ball cricket. And in you know hindsight is is twenty twenty, but now you get a swath of injuries, and Zimbabwe could have done with that kind of quality. No, I, and I agree, I agree. But as I say to you, it's it's. It's not a, an easy situation for the actual board themselves, for whoever had to make this decision to allow Skander Raza and Ryan Gold to leave and not play this test match. But I think in the long run, it's probably, to, like in today's situation, I think that was the best decision that uh, Zimbabwe Cricket could make. Because the alternative is for Skander Raza to say, well, if, under the, if it's that, then I, I, you know, I'm going to play out my contract, my current contract, and then just play franchise cricket. Because that, as I said, I gave the example of the West Indies guys like uh, Chris Gale um, did that. We left the West Indies cricket under those sort of circumstances. Um, guys like, uh, now there's a few of them who actually left under those circumstances. They will say, if you don't play domestic cricket, you can't play for the West Indies. And then they were like, okay, well, I'm going to go then play franchise cricket. Um, and, and I think that's the risk. It's not really a problem for Zim, Zim at the moment because we've only got two or three players who are being called to those leagues. Okay, where the West Indies were having eight or nine, uh, 10, 12, 13 players being called to play franchise cricket. So there is a, a, a big difference. But I, as I say, at this particular moment, I think what you want to try and do is get the maximum out of Skander Raza you can, you can before he calls time on his Zimbabwe career. Okay, and I, and I think the best way to do that is try to allow him to maximize the, the, the amount of money he can make while maximizing the time he plays uh, he spends in Zimbabwe uh, colors and it's a trade-off it's not a clean there's no clean answers to this 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 issue because you've seen boards like Pakistan go one way and say if you don't play domestic cricket you don't play for Pakistan full stop so guys like Wahabri has went and played um, franchise cricket gave up their international careers Uh, other guys have gone and just focused on their international careers and given up the opportunity to play a lot of that franchise cricket Okay, and then um, but but then the question becomes in the long run where how does it work for Zimbabwe as a team because you're now going to be fielding weakened sides and then possibly getting I mean look this there's a possibility that this could be a competitive test or it could be a three day test. Uh, well, like so for me in the long run we're all dead. Okay, what that means to me is that you can't really make decisions about the long run. No, no. I'm, no I, look. I what I'm just what I'm just talking about for me is the issue of precedence. Once you open the door, if you then change your policy in a couple of years, some or in a couple of months, or whatever the case may be, because what if, say, hypothetically, someone is booked for the Big Bash, also booked for because they had a brilliant year for the ILT20 or SA20, and then Bangladesh League afterwards, and then PSL. So that means they are potentially not available from G- uh, uh, early December until middle of March. The, <laughs> what are you doing then? Because then also what you're doing is, or well, the question then you will ask is, this is also the time during your domestic season and you're trying to make a domestic season attractive to your, to your own, own people. Uh, there's going to be a, a T20 uh, tournament at the end of February. And by all accounts, I'm sure Raza and and um, and um, and Bell will not be available for that because there'll still be franchise leagues that are happening. So how are you going to make your own domestic T20 
tournament attractive if I, as a fan, I'm getting there and the star players, you only see them in odd, on about three, four, five internationals per year. No, I know, as I said. <laughs> uh, no, the thing is, ultimately, you need to be able to develop a, a, a league like how Bangladesh has developed their league. But right. Bangladesh did not outsource their players, it, it, you know. It, 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 let's give an example. The, uh, the PSL is starting and uh, um, Rashid Khan is going to join it late. Uh, I think he's going to join it on, it'll be a few days after the West Indies test. They, they've got three ODIs, one from the 17th in the UAE. And he's going to play that. And um, he said, I'm going to join the, 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 the PSR late because I'm focus, focusing on making sure that Afghanistan do well so we keep them in the eye of everybody's uh, reckoning. And he's decided, that's his decision. Now, one could argue he can, he can afford to do that because he's been able to play in a lot of leagues. So he's made quite a bit of money so he can play options. Also, he's a player in demand. So teams are probably willing to bend, bend over backwards for him and be able, and those leagues are willing to bend, bend over backwards for him. And if they can get them, get him for half a season, he's such a star player that he'll be worth the money anyway. But did it's 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 it, it, it's a chicken and egg situation which one do you do first because ultimately like i said if your national game starts losing its stars the next player becomes attractive somewhere then they're gone too and then you don't have access to them well again as i said it's 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 not there are no simple answers to this unless i i guess the other thing is you know that I mean? because if you say to people to that uh I mean, there was, we were told before the policy was if there was national commitment, then national commitment comes first. So, how does that work? <laughs> no, because as I said to you, like, I think if you go and you really enforce, it's, it's one of those rules that is great in theory, but practically doesn't work. Because if you enforce that rule, just financially, it makes more sense for someone like Ryan Bell and Skandaraza to say, well, I'm going to play, I'm going to retire and play franchise cricket. No, I agree with that. You know but what, I mean? what I'm saying, so, like, but then the, this is the, but, but the, the okay, then the argument will also be that uh, well, with Raza, he's been able to build a a, a, a a good background. This is not, by the way, this is not criticism of Raza and Bill's decisions. I think they made the best decisions for their career, and I'm not one to argue against what they do. Um, but the thing is, a lot of players have often gotten need, needed to be most players need to be successful international in order to be picked by these franchises so is the national team now just an incubator for those <laughs> franchise leagues <laughs> well it, 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 in, in essence it ends up and this is the argument that a lot of um, boards have actually argued for okay which is why you have an ex for example if you play IPL a large portion of your income goes to the board of the country that you come from okay and this is the argument is because the actual countries are the ones who incubate these players. Okay, but as I say to you, I, I think it's a it's it's the most common sense one is to try and find middle ground. And middle ground is difficult to work because middle ground means that I also have to accept choices that don't work for me personally. Okay, um, and the, uh, an example would be not having Skander Raza here now. Okay, that wouldn't be an an ideal situation. But what that would ensure is that means that if uh, the Netherlands tour happens later this year, then 
Skandaraza will be here for that because it seems to be that if you're playing for league points, Skandaraza shows up. But if you're playing a test match, etc., etc., he doesn't. I mean, Ireland had no league points. He came for the ODIs, but not there for the T20s. But the then the question becomes: He's gone to IPL. You organise some tours uh, for uh, in preparation for uh, uh, what you call it a year in which you have you know the 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 World Cup qualifier. So what do you then do in that situation? I don't want Sekandaraza not to have his 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 first bow in the IPL taken away from him. I certainly want to see Sekandaraza in the IPL because you want to see Zimbabwean players in the IPL. It's the pinnacle of franchise cricket. Mm. So what do you do? Do you allow him to go and pull him out for whatever series that you have and let him go back in? Or you just say he's probably going to learn a lot more by playing that T20 system than he would come and play. But because ultimately, you also want tactics. I mean, we had a situation where Skandaraza arrived the day before the ODI match. The next day was already playing. So he's not, I mean, he's, a, he's, he's enough quality to be able to execute his skills and get, his quality is not in question. But if you've been working on tactics with the rest of the team, and training and going through drills for a week or two, and then someone parachutes into the into the team. It not, it, I don't think it's an issue with with Raza because of his quality and that sort of thing. But a different player might end up being an issue because of discord that might take place. No, I, 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 I totally agree with you. But like, is it? I know. And look, a lot of the things I'm being devil's advocate. No, because <laughs> so, these are questions that you've no, got to ask. Are, these are questions that I have been asked and, and should be asked. But, mm. but I, I, the other thing is this: is that like, if Skander Raza and Ryan Burr were, were available, there's two kids who wouldn't be given, wouldn't see a chance to actually get. Which is why I said initially. All right, and that's a wonderful, wonderful thing because what we're going to do is, whatever happens in this test match, I think. Whoever it is who gets the 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 the, the, uh, the debut here as as a, as a test batter is going to be better for it because either they're going to go and stack, get out onto this ground at Queens and they're going to go and perform and they're going to show that they're the, the the quality, all right, that they should be playing for Zimbabwe and can, and will continue to play for Zimbabwe, or they're going to get some information that's going to allow them to be like, okay, for me to improve my game, I've got to go back, spend some time and work out on these these two areas. So it's for me. The result of the test match is not the, the most important thing. For me, the most important thing is that you, you, you're going to go and start to see, hopefully, uh, a few new faces get given opportunities. And faces that have actually earned the right to be out there. They're not get, essentially being handed these, uh, debuts. these, these debuts mm. because they've got a lot of runs behind them before like when they when the selectors sat down and said, we need to pick a team, they went and looked and said, okay, these are the guys with the numbers. Right, and these are the guys, and these are the, the, these numbers are what got these guys picked. The fact that Skander Raza and Ryan Bill aren't there is this an advantage. Blessing in disguise. It's accelerated their uh, access to this. And also, I mean, they, they, there's so, only so much Logan Cup cricket you can play, and mm. there isn't eight teams playing enough. So mm. you, there's nowhere else you can see whether these guys can perform or not. Yeah, and and, and for me, the thing about it is that like somebody. Else, Somebody who might be might turn out to be an absolute failure, okay. And we can't tell until they face test quality bowling. Yeah. All right. And then somebody's going to be a success, and you can't know how good you are until you've actually faced those guys under these conditions. And I think they're going to be good conditions to actually make your de- debut in. 
okay? Because it's going to be relatively friendly batting wicket. So you want to make your uh, debut on really, in relatively friendly conditions. Yeah, friendly until Zari Joseph bowls at you. And <laughs> no, I Jason Holder. Like, but the, other oh. interesting, see, the interesting thing is that, like, um, if you want to play international cricket, you got to face that. That is what that is what comes with it. Because ideally, look, like, if you, if you, if we if Zimbabwe pushes up, mm. and sure, if Zimbabwe put a fight here, a couple of other people want to play test against Zimbabwe. But I mean, at this moment, I don't think for many top sides that it's, uh, playing Zimbabwe in a Test match is, is an attractive proposition. No, I uh, yeah, I agree. And, and I, I yeah, and I agree. But I think it's 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 how you build this brand is by actually allowing those guys to to play and show something. Okay, the, the uh, first Test is four to eight February, Queen's Sports Club. The match will start at ten a.m. The second match is twelve to sixteen February, Queen's Sports Club. Uh, 10 a.m. Come to the cricket ground. Uh, I'll be here for the first test. Uh, you're here for both doing commentary as well. That's right. Yes. Oh, I'm excited about that. That, that. that is now your career. Now I can put it on your LinkedIn and say commentary. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, um, it's been uh, it's been a real like like personal journey for me. Um, I'm learning how to actually communicate. Uh, in front of a TV screen, which was something I'd never really done before, um, and so yeah, it's it's been it's it's a learning curve, um, and it's nice to actually be able to do it against the West Indies because the West Indies, when I was a kid, was the side that we actually looked at as our role model. So it's 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 nice to be able to do it um, in this match here at Queens. So yeah, we'll be having another podcast sometime during the first test. And at the end of the sec- uh, of the first test, all the best, guys. Uh, all the best for the Zimbabwe team, and in particular for me. Yes, and then so uh, through Mob.com we'll be giving you updates of the first test, starting on four to six, uh, starting on the fourth and finishing on the eighth of February. Assuming we can play all three days, the rain is looking like it's going to be uh, oh, five days. <laughs> oh, five days. It, uh, uh, the rain will be a factor. It's it's it's, it's been wet in Valaya and expected to be wet tomorrow. The good thing is. It rained for an hour in in Valaya today, so that means you probably get could have gotten 60 overs if you're playing today, 60, 70 overs in. So yeah, let's hope that we get some good cricket. Follow our socials, Three Men on a Boat, on Twitter, on Twitter and Facebook at threemob.com. That's uh, three is in digits and the rest is words. And then also just uh, if you want to keep uh, if you want to get new episodes of the podcast, subscribe on whatever podcaster, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, any other podcast platform that you use. But it is Larry Kudarai, and he's been Darling Simatam Banazo. Take care of yourself. As I say, from where I come from, I see this. Yes, Benza. That was a good one. No, it was our untidiest one. It felt untidy. It didn't. We didn't have the nice. But, on Twitter, on Twitter and Facebook at 3mob.com that's uh, three is in digits and the rest is words and then also just uh, if you want to keep uh, if you want to get new episodes of the podcast subscribe on whatever podcaster Spotify Apple Podcasts uh, any other podcast platform that you use my name is Larry Kudarai and he's been Darling Simatambanazo take care of yourself as I say from where I come from I see this yes it ends Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 